0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 33 of the App Advice Weekly Podcast. This is your host, Trevor Sheridan of appadvice.com, and joining me as usual is my co host, Brett Nolan of appaddict.net. Join us this week as we invite you to check the Apple forecast as the App Store fires away with a free game battle royale. How are you doing today, Brett?
1: I'm doing pretty good now that we finally saw an Apple invite and uh, we have confirmation finally. So uh, it's a, it's a good time. It is. And so we'll start right there with
0: Apple sent out their invite earlier in the week and it's official September 12th, 10 AM. And it's going to be at the Steve Jobs theater. I don't know if anybody listening is going, but in case you are interested in that kind of thing, it's going to be the first theater at Apple's or the first event at Apple's new campus theater And I'm sure that means it's going to be a big show. And so, as usual, the invites are understated. There's not much going on beyond when the time is. But there is the tagline, let's meet at our place. And honestly, in years past, I've gathered all kinds of stuff from this. I really couldn't figure out anything from the tagline or the image this year.
1: <laughs> yeah, so the only thing I can think of, let's meet at our place. It's got to be referring to the Steve Jobs Theater. I mean, it's the first time the show in there. Maybe that home pod because at our place, maybe leading into the home pod deal. But it was a very tough invite to really kind of pull anything from this time around.
0: Yeah, I'm staring at the color scheme and trying to gather it some connection to an OLED screen or that new edge-to-edge style, and there's just nothing you can really do to hint at anything of the iPhone 8.
1: Yeah, no, I mean it's like we unless there's new colors, like we have a reddish, orangish color, a blue color. Obviously, if we start with the white. I I don't really know what we're supposed to get from that from this invite. They really haven't given us a lot to go on this time.
0: Yeah, I wonder if it's a Tim Cook thing that he wanted him to go away from having little hints in the invites.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's possible.
0: And so, well, now that we know that September 12th date and we have the invites, we can actually talk about this iPhone 8, or it could be called iPhone Pro, and it's pretty concrete idea of what we have now. It's going to have an OLED screen where it's going to be edge to edge with just little cutouts for the microphone on the top, and... In doing so, the device should be about the size of the 4.7-inch iPhone with a display closer to the 5.5-inch iPhone. So that kind of changes the decision so you don't have to pick big screen or small phone. You can kind of have the same phone size with the big screen. And then the price point should go with all these premium features because it's also going to have wireless charging and possibly facial unlock. And that's going to come out to $1,000 at the minimum. Probably even closer to twelve hundred.
1: Right, yeah. So the what the rumors we've seen before is it's gonna be a thousand dollars for I think a starting sixty-four gig, and then it was gonna be jumped to two fifty-six and then maybe the five twelve for the three sizes. I'm thinking that this is definitely gonna be called the iPhone Pro and that we're gonna see like an iPhone eight S or an iPhone eight and eight plus will be the old Seven, uh, what would have been the seven S and seven S Plus. So I'm really, I'm betting on iPhone Pro for this thing, especially given the price.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. And like you said, the S-style upgrade should be present for the 4.7 and 5.5-inch existing. So that's improved processor, improved camera, and the wireless charging might make it onto those devices. It depends. But the iPhone's not going to be the only thing at this event. It's likely there'll be a new Apple Watch with an LTE chip built in, so it doesn't have to be tethered to your phone all the time.
1: Right, yeah. So, I mean, it seems to make sense for them to go that way, although then it kind of really lessens your need for the iPhone. And I guess it will now appeal to people that maybe not like totally relying on having their phone if they want to go running or something where they want to have that LTE. But again, as we mentioned in the last show, it's kind of confusing as how they're going to do this if you want to get calls while you're away. Is it going to somehow mirror your existing phone number or have some method for that because you're not going to want to pay a whole separate fee just for your your watch to be there for occasional use. So I'm curious to see how that technology ends up kind of swaying in the end.
0: Yeah, hopefully it's seamless because otherwise... You don't even want to deal with a standalone data plan just for your watch. Though I have to imagine that it's not like they're selling phones because of the watch or selling watches because it has to be connected to your phone. So getting rid of that connection has to help either way.
1: Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I definitely agree with you there. Yeah. It's not, one's not driving either market.
0: Yeah. And so then the Apple TV is likely going to be updated with 4K capabilities and the Prime Video app might actually get a release date with four K content, so that's cool.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's about time.
0: And then the HomePod, like you mentioned earlier, may make that final appearance. Though they, I don't know what else they have for a second fall event. So I think they're going to jam pack everything into this event.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean we're not going to see Well, unless they do something with the iPads next next uh, time around. Oh, actually, I guess that wouldn't be until till the till the at first the of the year they'll start to do that yeah. yeah the spring
0: and then of course we're also going to have the final details of ios 11 mac os high sierra watch os 4 and tvOS 11 yep so it should be like a two hour three hour 10 hour event of just going over everything
1: <laughs> i think it's going to be three hours My, i'm pegging on three hours this time around
0: they should have an over under on that <laughs> and so again mark your calendar september twelfth, 10 a.m pacific and we'll have more on everything that Apple officially announces and when that comes. Yep. And then that means it's time for some new apps. And the first one is Weather Atlas because I know what you're thinking. I need a new weather app. And <laughs> it's tough to talk about apps just because it's likely you have gone through a whole bunch of different weather apps and you've found one that you're pretty happy with. But Weather Atlas, just in case you're not completely happy, is a new one to try. It's going to be a free download with an in-app purchase for a pro upgrade. But the free download is really just about that. Blending the line between minimalism while still offering all the information you could want from a weather app. So you have the hourly forecast and then the 10-day forecast plus you get weather alerts and then you have a live Doppler radar app or map right on the screen and it's all self-contained in a single screen you're not bringing up different menus or sliding elsewhere it's all kind of self-contained in one view to get a bunch of weather information but all in a condensed package
1: yeah i mean this one i, I don't know it's going to sell me on on switching I, it was a little slow for me i don't know if that's just because of the ads that were loading and then if you did that pro upgrade you kind of eliminate those but it seemed to really kind of lack the the speed that I'm used to with the apps that I tend to use, but it did have some nice features as far as like layering on different things onto the weather map where you want to look at rain and clouds and other things. So there was some nice things there. I think it could use a little bit of a a speed update, but otherwise it's definitely a a nice one to check out.
0: Yeah, it's just kind of that simple quick check-in because right now my weather app of choice is Storm by Weather Underground because it seems like they have the most accurate forecasts and just – whole bunch of details going on. I like more weather details than less, but it really kind of depends on your desire and what you want from a weather app.
1: Yeah, mine used to be Yahoo Weather, but mine's Weather Weather Underground now as well. And so that's Weather Atlas. It's free
0: and it might be iPhone only.
1: Uh no, I think it's universal.
0: No, okay, yeah. So Weather Atlas free, universal. And that means it's time for games. And as I mentioned at the top, it's a free game Battle Royale, but one this week was not free, and it's called Death Point. It's $5.99, and it delivers a top-down dual-stick shooter system made into a third-person kind of adventure. So it's not just a quick dual-stick shooter you're familiar with. Instead, it uses more depth. It has a distinct storyline with 10 chapters. They're all available at launch. It's fully included. The description claims 12 hours of gameplay. But even if that's not true, it's a meteor game. So that's why it has that premium price point.
1: Right. And it's got a strong emphasis on a stealth aspect to the game as well, which that's what really kind of appealed to me on this one. Because I love stealth games because they're not these quick action, like you just run and gun. And then it really depends on how quick your reflexes are. Stealth games are much more tactical, and you feel like you have to move through everything slowly and kind of plan out where you're going to go so you don't don't trigger the the enemy so they know where you are and then start attacking super fast and fierce. And so I just really love a good stealth game, and this one definitely delivers.
0: Yeah, it does that really interesting combination where it starts out purely stealth game. You only have a nice, and you're going to take out those... Assassin style guard kills, but then it can it's going to transition to more of a tactical combat idea. It's a little bit like Xenomorph, where you have tactical combat, and then it transitions to just pure blasting away enemies. And so it balances three different gameplays depending on what chapter you are in the storyline, from stealth tactical to just guns blazing shooter. So you can kind of get all three in one while diving through this whole storyline that they offer.
1: Yeah, and like you said at the beginning, I mean, this is a meaty game. There's a lot of content here. As you're going through those chapters and there's a whole story that's going on and you have this person kind of talking to you in the background, kind of giving you information as you're going through and you're you're trying to figure out what's going on because you were on this mission and then they start beating you up like crazy and then you kind of have a concussion so you, you don't really totally remember what happened. So it's got a really interesting story that drives you through the game Game as you're doing all of these really like varied types of gameplay,
0: yeah, because you start out with just escape, and then you're gonna get back in control of your usual allotment of being kind of like a special forces type of dude, taking out any buddy that you come with specific missions, and they have really deluxe 3D graphics engine that just shows lightning lighting based on how you move, but also it shows kind of enemy movement. Where if you can't see them, their footsteps appear on the ground so you can kind of get an idea if you're hiding in a locker or once you go full on it's the, cool, the full blood splatter idea so it blends that not only gameplay style but also visual style depending on what you're doing from stealth all the way to blasting away enemies.
1: Yeah, the the graphics are gorgeous, Uh, especially that whole like cone of light kind of view that you get as you're peering around corners or maybe you leave a cell and then go into another cell. And the sound really envelops you, too, as you as these loud you wonder, like, how do these guards not hear these loud things opening and closing and not peek over at you? But then you see the footsteps and you can plan your moves of kind of just quickly walk out. But you don't want to walk too fast. Otherwise, that'll alert them. And you kind of just creep up behind. Behind them take them out or like you said in the later other stages of the game where it's a much more frenetic action there's a, a lot more going on but it, initially in those stealth uh areas it's just a really nice way that everything sets up just with that sound and the visual cues that they give you
0: and so that's death point it's 599 and it's universal and now we'll transition over to battle golf online which battle golf existed on the app store i think it came out back in 2011 and essentially, in the years that followed, the sequel or a follow-up allows for online multiplayer. So now you have the same idea, but you can go head-to-head with random players online. And it's the same idea where you try to get your ball first into the hole. So it's a little arcade golf-style Super Stickman golf-reminiscent idea. Just both players are on either side of the screen. The hole appears in the middle of the screen. And you set your trajectory and the power of your shot and you try to land in that hole before your opponent does, there's twists in that you could launch your ball to hit the opponent in the head so that now they're stunned and they can't shoot for a while, so it might give you a couple extra shots to get towards that center hole before they do.
1: Yeah, this game is so fast and just crazy once it starts going, because your little trajectory is automatically moving up and down. So you basically hit tap, you tap to stop it where you want to go, and then you tap on Mm -hmm. how much power you want to use to launch a shot. And you don't have to wait for the hole to appear at the bottom of the screen. You can kind of time it and then shoot your shot a little bit early and it'll go flying and you might get super lucky and land your shot in right in the right spot. So like the little green that pop up, they might have like a little indent where the ball will roll down and go in. It might be a submarine, which kind of traps the ball, a little lock, Loch Ness monster, which has like his own little kind of unique abilities, or like a really high hole where it has to go up and in and then eventually roll down into the hole. But because you don't have to wait and you're just constantly shooting, I've had a couple of matches where I just go crazy and I get things in way before the other guy can even get a shot off. And so it's just that fun, really quick games will last like no time at all. And then you just want to play again and again and again.
0: Yeah, you can get it down where you aim kind of halfway up and you aim for the middle power. And just start launching balls because the hole's going to appear from the water at the center of the screen. And you're not quite sure what's going to appear. But if you get a ball in the air as it's popping up, you have a better chance of nailing that first shot before they even get a shot. So rather than trying to react to the hole, you can kind of just hope to get lucky where your ball's in the right spot at the right time.
1: Right. And one of the best aspects of the game is there's collisions. So your ball might hit the other guy's ball in midair, and then all of a sudden you stop each other. Your ball may be stuck on the green, but it didn't roll quite far enough to get into the hole. Well, the other guy's ball might come up and bump you, or maybe he'll come and just beat you out just barely and get the hole before you get the hole. But because of that whole collision thing, you never know what's going to go on, and you might be able to stop your opponent from, from scoring before you actually can score.
0: Yep. And then the one kind of detractor from the game is that there's online multiplayer, but it's not against specific people. So for example, me and Brett couldn't specifically play each other. It's always a random matchup. The only way you can play a specific person if it's local multiplayer. And that was a little disappointing.
1: Right, yeah. The local multiplayer is just the same device. So, like, my daughter and I wanted to play, so we kept on trying to start games at the exact same time uh, in order to be able to play against each other, but it never worked out. And the, the one other aspect we haven't talked about yet is there's these crazy hats that you unlock. So you get coins for winning the game, or you get a, a few coins when you lose, and then eventually you... And then there's missions every day you can complete to get a whole pile of coins, and you can use those coins to unlock new hats, crazy hats, things like called the a Corn, which looks like a giant unicorn head that you wear on your on your character. And there's 75 of these things total. I've spent quite a bit of time with this game because I've unlocked all 75 in like two days. And yes. I, I, I know I've played quite a bit. Now I have like a hundred and something multiplayer wins, and it's crazy. I, I probably played way too much, so now I'm on a holding pattern until new hats get introduced. But it is just so much fun. I, I this is probably the game I played the most this week.
0: Yep, and so that's Battle Golf Online. It's free. It's universal, and then there's Nobleman 1896, and this comes from Forsaken Media. They make a bunch of kind of genre mashup games like Bug Heroes and Castles and Heroes and just all kinds of fun stuff. And so with Nobleman 1896, there's quite a pedigree and expectation that comes with it. And surprisingly, it doesn't really live up to that. There's quite a few odd pieces that don't really match up. The kind of thing for me is that it played a bit similar to like a glue first-person shooter or third-person shooter where it's an auto-runner, you run to checkpoints, And then it just becomes like a one-tap, one-touch experience as compared to like an actual third-person shooter. They make it as simplistic as possible. And that's where it seems Forsaken went with. But then they infuse a few more kind of like pro-gamer type of ideas. Like there's a top-down strategy portion that's completely out of place. Or you can change the way that you interact with the other people on your crew, on your team. So it it seems like an odd mix of, of pieces.
1: Right. It felt really disjointed. It felt like they wanted to do a little bit of everything, but in the end, that just be, it made it a muddy experience because I didn't even fully understand it was a, a runner at first because I would – you'd go and run for cover, and then he would stop, and then I would try to shoot, and then like, oh, I just want to move up to that next cover, and I stood up to move, and all of a sudden he would start running again. I'm like, what is this dude doing? Like, he's running into into fire. I just want him to go hide behind this next thing. So it felt a little odd, and then you get – pulled over to that top-down strategy section, and it just doesn't even make sense compa- with the rest of the game. And then finally, you ha- like you mentioned about being able to assign your, your soldiers to different attack points. I mean, that's more of a tactical game where you're like the Overwatch guy kind of leading the battle, where I just would have liked them to do one of these good, rather than try to do a little bit of everything and failing miserably.
0: Yeah, Disjointed is the perfect description for this game. And it's disappointing because they have quite a pedigree of games. They have a good graphical quality. The ideas in place are good. It's just like the final execution. It just doesn't come together because they couldn't decide what game they wanted to make. And the result is a poor kind of shooting experience and a poor commanding experience. Combined together is even worse.
1: Yep, I couldn't have said it better myself, (laughs)
0: And so that's Nobleman 1896. It's free, it's universal, and you'll get kind of a theme going right here with these free, quick games. And so we have Vertical this week. It comes from the maker of Pancake, Burger, and One Meter, which are all these kind of crazy, simple, quick-action games which have a not perfect control scheme. It's not like hampering you, but it's not perfectly helping you perform a given task. And so in Pancake, you're trying to flip a pancake, but it's really tough to do so. And so Vertical, you're trying to get a character to swing back and forth on a hook and then launch as far as you can. So you're going to tap on the screen to kind of fold the legs to build momentum like you're on a swing and then release at the best possible time for it to fly as far as possible. And that's the entirety of the game. You build up momentum, you launch, and then you try it again and you unlock new characters.
1: Right, It's this very weird art style, which I kind of dug, where it almost looks like paper cutouts and the object you're spinning is kind of pinned to the background. And then he has like a little grommet kind of thing in the center of him. And it could be anything. It could be a person. It could be a boot. It could be a cow. It could be something weird. And then all you're doing is, yeah, you're tapping on that side of the screen to kind of end at that one bend point and then release at just the right time, and you gain points for every kind of flip you do, full rotation you do in the air, you get a multiplier. And then if you can land, stick the landing, then you get another multiplier. So it's not necessarily even about distance, because you could go really high, spin a lot, and then land, and you get a really nice score. Or you could go pretty far, maybe spin a f- flip a few times, and still get a nice score because of the multiplier. So... It's one of those where if you have a lot of friends on the leaderboards and you it you would keep on coming back and trying to beat their scores and maybe the silliness of unlocking each one of these random, weird characters that you are. But beyond that, it gets old fairly quickly. At least it did for me.
0: Yeah. The appealing part is that it has that kind of Monty Python-esque Inspiration combined with that paper craft idea, and then there's funny sound effects to go along with the intriguing art style. But the core game, after you play it a few times, you get the flips, you get the distance, you unlock like five or so characters. I don't know if you want to even keep doing it to unlock any more characters. Yeah, <laughs> and plus, and so it's that,
1: random how the characters unlock, so you, you may just keep on unlocking the same thing over and over again.
0: Yeah, it needs that Disney Crossy Road style collecting system
1: yeah well with the battle golf online you never got repeats every time you got a new a new hat so they should have followed that method but this has a lot fewer things to unlock i think you would go through it super quick if you did it that way
0: yep and so that's verticouch free it's universal and then there's swipe casters which when i first saw this game i thought it was more of like a adventure type of idea with a swipe based idea you get to play as a wizard And you swipe on the screen to cast different spells. You have a target shape. Like you might have to draw a triangle by connecting the given dots on the screen. And that casts your spell. But it turns out that rather than you're going level by level or combat by combat, you're going in just an endless challenge where you have a new spell to cast. You have to do that. And any spell that you fail to do, that's it. That's game over. And the main kind of challenge is the time constraint because... There's a red bar right above your casting area, and that thing is going down quick. You don't have much time at all, so you better swipe as quick as you possibly can in the right formation to defeat enemies because, again, one mistake and you're over
1: right yeah when i first loaded this up i thought it was going to be what was that awesome monster game that used to be in the app store that where you swiped in different patterns to get rid of certain monster types you remember that thing was called it's killing me i can't remember what the name of it was but
0: that was a great the, game. The, the like dracula and wolfman and stuff
1: yes exactly yeah
0: that one's called I monster can't... kill
1: monster kill Yes, yeah. so I love that game. So I thought this was going to be like a fantasy version of that. And then I loaded it up, and the it, for like the first few, it was fine. So you have like three, like maybe you have to draw a triangle, or you have to draw a V, or a V on the, like a less than or greater than symbol. Three or four little swipes, and you're fine. Once it got up to anything that was bigger than like four lines, you really had to be on the top of your game from the very get-go. Otherwise, you didn't have enough time to even draw the lines that you need to draw without even making a mistake. Like, if you even th- pause for a second to think about it, there's no way. And then you made a mistake, and then it was game over. It wasn't... I don't know. It just wasn't satisfying to me. And this game, I quickly deleted it from, from my device because it just was... I thought it was kind of boring.
0: Yeah, even though there's this feverish pace, it's not that same kind of engaging challenge. When you think of kind of swipe based and wizard casting spells, there's Magic Touch, Wizard for Hire by Natromi. And that game is really engaging because you have multiple enemies to deal with at once and you have various kinds of shapes that are really quick and easy to draw and you can draw anywhere on screen rather than this condensed down specific pattern one spell at a time. And so if you want this kind of game, I would go with Magic Touch instead of Swipe Casters.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, it would have been better if it was more of a adventure style game. You learn these new swipe gestures that you kind of use those and they were different sorts of attacks and not this like quick, like one done one mistake and you're out kind of deal. But yeah, definitely look elsewhere.
0: Yeah, I thought the enemies were going to have, like, a heart meter where it would be, like, one of those puzzle battle games. So instead of making match threes to do it an attack, you would be doing these different kind of shapes that you had to call on your own rather than match. Right. You're essentially just doing shape matching. So there's a good game out there that's possible from this, but Swipecasters, isn't <laughs> it? <laughs> yeah. And so it is free. It's universal. And then there's Super Cat Bash. So I guess Cat Bash came out a while ago, and now... It's- this is a sequel that's being published by Noodle Cake, and it delivers the same game style, but it's. I'm not that familiar with the first one, but this one seems really simplistic, even more simple than Swipecasters or Vertical.
1: Yeah, I wasn't familiar with the original one at all. This one, you're basically just kind of moving left and right, and I, what was it? Cars that were dropping down, and they you're yeah, trying to stop them. Cars. Yeah, so you're, you're basically trying to get this boxy cat underneath the cars uh, and not letting them hit the ground. And if you miss one, it's game over. And But you can go through the sides of the screen. So you don't always have to be going left and then right, left and then right. You can kind of go through the screen if you want to quickly get something that's falling on the other side of the screen. That's about it. I mean, I, <laughs> I don't know. I really didn't it was all that great i don't understand i don't know what the original was it looks like the original was a paid app which i can't imagine paying a buck 99 for something like this if it played very similarly but i don't know i love noodle cake but this one just didn't do it for me
0: i kept waiting for the game to evolve or take another step or introduce a new mechanic or do something after you played a couple times it's like okay you run underneath the car to get it before it hits the ground and then you can jump occasionally to get these birds that fly by. I'm expecting like some, okay, now it's going to get tougher or now it's going to change. And instead you just replay the same game that takes just a few seconds. And I, I have no idea why this game's featured or <laughs> why Noodlecake decided to publish it or anything.
1: I Yeah, I don't know. I mean, this was the trend this week. There were so many of these quick forgettable games that I can't imagine anyone's going to keep these on their devices past a week. Like they're just not engaging experiences. I mean, we started out with death point, which had a great memorable experience, but then now we move in. Well, even I guess, uh, if they could add that where you could challenge a, a person individually with battle golf online, I think it would be stay around longer for people, or if they'd go for all those hats, unless they're like me and get them all in two days, uh, A lot of these other experiences are just super forgettable, and I don't. It seems like that's the trend. Let's launch a free game that's people will replay a bunch of times. Maybe the in that first week we'll get ad revenue from it, but then it's like a completely disposable experience. Nothing you're going to go back to. I mean, we had Samogo this week update all of their apps for sixty four bit, and then put them all on sale for ninety nine cents. I mean, those are super awesome experiences that you're going to remember. And these are these free, forgettable experiences, which unfortunately, that seems to be the trend.
0: That was an awesome worth mentioning of Samogo's sale, because if you want an experience that stands out on iOS, you can't look much further than that. But yeah, it's really, it seems like, you know, when Flappy Bird came out, that was like kind of the epitome of the idea of that simple quick action game and then a bunch of games tried that. It kind of lessened for a few months, but it really seems to be coming back full-time. And I think the idea is that they take less time to make, you put them out, and then if one of them hits, where you're getting up on those top free charts... Then you go into updated and try to expand upon what you built in that core simple thing. And that's when you might change the ad revenue or the way you do the in-app purchases or anything. But you wait for it to hit. So you keep trying these bunch of different little games and then one finally hits and then you go and care about that game.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just, I mean, we've seen no one's making money on, on iOS. We seen a ton of developers that used to do iOS go over to Steam or try their hand with VR stuff. So iOS is tough to make money on nowadays. And I, I think you're right. I think people are hoping to have that next big thing, but and not have to invest a whole ton of money in maybe getting that thing because you could going out and create this great game, but if no one buys it, then what was the point? I mean, you spent a lot of money making it. If you could just spend a little bit of money and then get ad revenue and maybe it'll hit big, then I can see the appeal of that.
0: Yep. And so that's not a full kind of disappointing app store state, but it's definitely kind of a big picture idea. And we'll see if other games can kind of break the mold and try... Because, you know, if you just look at Death Point this week, plus a game, I'm sure Vertical is doing well in the charts, and then Death Point, <laughs> I don't know how many people are spending $6 for it, regardless, and the quality of the two games, and if it's $6 in your life, worth the difference.
1: Right, yeah, I'm I'm sure... That I, I, I would have no doubt that something like Vertical probably got a lot more downloads just because it is free, and... that's unfortunately the state of things. But, I mean, there are a lot of good other free experiences out there, and there's a lot of good paid experiences out there. I mean, I, I've i said on here, I'm a huge fan of digital board games. I know there's piles of those coming, and they're always paid games, but in its, or I would say 99% of the time, they're paid games. But I definitely get my money's worth that I feel like it's worth paying that money for those games. Where if you have something that's kind of like an unknown quantity, people may not be willing to spend it. On it, and they would rather go for the free title that's not going to cost them anything and just give that a try. So I don't know. It, it's an interesting where we're at, and I'm hope I, I'm curious to see where it goes. I'm curious to see what this new phone with all the new aspects of it, if it creates like a market for even new experiences, like with visual stuff or or just graphically they can show more. See if people are willing to spend money to play games on these new phones.
0: Flipmaster is actually the number one free app right now.
1: <laughs> my my daughter played a ton of Flipmaster. I played some of it. It is very much like their diving game, but it is kind of fun. It's stupid. But again, it's one, another one of these that I don't think it's going to be on my device next week.
0: And then, of course, there's a new Match 3 game, not just for Angry Birds, but Hello Kitty got one, too, because you can't have a popular franchise if there's not a Match 3 game to go with it.
1: And these are all, like, the same exact game. They just slam their IP on top. Like, I don't get it. I really don't understand. Yep, and
0: I think that's everything for episode 33. Brett, thanks for joining me.
1: Oh, yeah, it's a pleasure as always.
0: To everyone listening, we hope you enjoyed, and we'll talk to you next time.
1: Talk to you later.